The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Hey everyone, welcome to Scissoring Isn't a Thing. I am Darren Carp. And I'm Liz Cully. And Darren, you look so relaxed on this Sunday. Thank you. I'm in tie-dye. I'm feeling pretty good. Love it's it. a nice, chill Sunday. I have to get into something with you because I've been like fuming ever since Friday. Now we're recording this this little ditty on a Sunday. We usually try and record it on a Sunday to get as most news as possible. But before we get to the news, every week, Liz, okay, TV is a very important part of my life. Yeah, I know. As you know, we talk about television often. And there are certain days of the week that I have that I really cherish, that I really look forward to. It's I, I think about it all week long. And RuPaul's Drag Race on Fridays is one of those things. Now you're on board and now you can't okay. get off the ship. Right. And, mm-hmm. and you're partially to blame, right? So this is why I'm <laughs> telling you this because I'm partially blaming you for this. Okay. I get all excited for this. Friday night comes around. I stagger it so I can it can watch in some, like in a little clump. I don't have to have the commercial. So I tune in at like 840, which seems to be the right amount of time because like an hour and a half show. And it's like a fucking COVID episode about how they got through COVID. And like, it was awful. Granted, I'm happy that they were able to get through COVID. That's wonderful. But I hated the episode. I'm just over the COVID thing now. Like, I know that like production has been back now and I'm glad that they made it through it. And I know it was hard. Did they have to devote an episode to it? Couldn't have been an extra hour of like untalked or something. Why in the middle of the season? Right. It's just like, we were on a roll. Candy didn't get let go. <laughs> so now what happens? I waited all week. I blame you. Frankly, this is your fault. This is on you. It's funny that you're saying that because I was so pissed when it was going that I looked at Rachel and I'm like, turn this off. I don't give a shit I don't care. about I any don't care. of this. And oh, by the way, like, we all know my feelings on candy anyway. So I just, and by the way, for those that are listening that don't know my feelings on candy, she ain't my favorite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I don't want to hear this. Right, but at least I want to see an episode. I want to see if she's going to pull it out. I want to know. You got me hooked. Now I'm in. And then we, I had wasted an entire Friday. I got to wait till next Friday. Seems fucked up. I know. Well, for me, television this week was great because I got to watch the f- final installment of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, our girlfriend Heather in the reunion, which there was some classic moments there for all the Bravo fans. What did you think about Lisa Barlow? I talked about this with Taylor Strecker this week. What did you think about Lisa Barlow on the on the reunion? I think Lisa got destroyed on that. I mean, it was it was a rough day for her. Like, I'm sure even though she pretends to not drink alcohol, really, I'm sure she drank a lot of tequila that night. Meredith Marks, though, when Andy asks her (laughs) what she would have done differently and just not answering the question at all and turning it around and telling everybody else what they should have done differently was really a highlight for me personally. And uh, I enjoyed that. Yeah, I I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. I will tell you something to watch, though, that's gay that I guess I could talk about in the queue, but I have something else for the queue. Okay, I uh, finished HBO Max. It's a sin. And I loved it. And you should watch it. Is it doc or is it script? No, it's scripted. All about the AIDS crisis in London in the early 90s, I believe. And it's very, very, very good. For any music fans out there that love Years and Years, like one of my favorite groups, Ollie is in it. I know Years and Years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ollie's in it. It's really good. Anyway, that's something, a new thing for you to watch, given the fact that Drag Race let us down so much this week. I'm always 
uh, into gay shit. So anything that's got a little bit of gay in it, I am so about. Whether historical, well, scripted, whatever, I will definitely watch it, I'm sure. Okay, well, speaking of gay shit, should we get to the queue? All right, let's do it. Hey, guys, we want to welcome you to the queue, where we share some highlights and happenings within the LGBTQ plus and ally community. And don't be shy, listeners. We want to hear from you, too. If you've got the scoop or have someone you want us to shout out, feel free to shoot us a DM at SIAT podcast on Instagram or Twitter. Okay, so here's my cue for the week. I stumbled upon this article as I was just uh, reading the news. And uh, this one's going to come, I'm going to be quoting this guy from NBC News here, but diverse group of cities have highest rates of gay households. So the quote up top is, Top of, is essentially, you often think of LGBTQ people in large cities like San Francisco, Liz, but we're everywhere. And it turns out that- Wait, let me guess. Or, oh, sorry. Okay. No, no, no. I was going to say, before we even get to number one, which I didn't even, as I was reading it, it actually took a while to even come upon that because the the odd thing is, is like, obviously LA, Chicago, New York have the highest populations. Like dense okay. cities make sense. But what would you be surprised had like, these two cities are surprising for having the fourth and the sixth highest percentages respectively of same-sex couple Orlando. households. Correct. Yes, I knew it. And Correct. that's okay. fourth. That, so you no, have to really? Name that's fourth? Okay. That's fourth. Okay. Um, Denver? No. Okay. What is it? Okay. Fifth is Austin. So it's. Oh, fuck. That was my next. That was my Orlando, next one. Austin. And then this is coming from the same state as Orlando. Tampa. Miami. Oh, Miami. Duh. What am I talking about? But I will say for Florida being Florida, which is always a toss up of a state. Uh, it's now home to two metro areas among with the highest concentrations of gay and lesbian couple households in the United States. What's That's number one? New York or interesting. LA? Uh, yeah, it, it basically just says that notably absent were three of the nation's largest metros, New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago. Those have like the largest, but based on like, because it's high population. So this article oh. was kind of talking about like, those are like outliers because, you know, yeah, New York yeah, City yeah, has it. fucking 9 million people Orlando? or whatever. Doesn't really surprise me, and I'm so glad that I got that right. Just so you know, for your oh quiz yeah, no, show, I'm when you, with ho- you too. when you host your quiz show, yeah. I could be your phone a friend because of Disney. And gays are like weirdly obsessed with Disney. I know so many gay men in particular that like worked at Disney. Literally, as you're saying this, the paragraph I was about to read was. While Orlando already had a visible gay community without elected officials and workforces like Disney World with Mm -hmm. large numbers of gays and lesbians, the collective grief from the massacre at the Gay Pulse nightclub, which we all remember in 2016, of course, helped push the acceptance more into conservative corners of civic life, such as local churches. So I think that sort of like brought visibility. It was like Disney World was sort of like that first step. And then, you know, it's... Yeah. Even in through tragedy, it's kind of interesting. And Miami's obviously a port city with gay men everywhere. Everywhere. And lesbians too. Speaking of cities with gay people. Yeah. So New York announced their plans for Pride and their theme for Pride this year, which is really interesting. So they are definitely going to have a digital component, but they say in person is TBD pending the vaccine rollout. Let me see right. here. So I'm just looking. Uh, the theme is called The Fight Continues, and it is continuing Black Lives Matter movement that was so 
prevalent in New York City last year around Pride in June, which is really True. exciting. The co-chair, Andre Thomas of NYC Pride, says we're fighting for ourselves, fighting for BIPOC and trans member of our community, and we're fighting for our future generations. And it sounds like other cities, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Manchester, like London Pride, everyone's saying, so London Pride is saying that it's back in person in November because they they have like a different Pride schedule than we do. November's um, kind of chilly for a Pride parade. I know, burr, little, little cute little I mean, very cute sweater. season. Yeah, right. Not like nipples out, like I know. fur coats so, out kind of thing. Yeah. I know. I mean, maybe wearing a mask in the cold isn't so bad. But yeah, so people are, quote, cautiously optimistic that this year we will be able to have a Pride, which if that is the case, that is I'm so exciting. It. Ooh, Rachel's doing a little dance in the corner oh, with ravioli oh, over oh, there. Oh, and wow. I'm gonna put, and you know I love to put things out into the world. Of course. I'm going to put out that Darren and I are going to host a Pride situation that is safe Screech. in New York and in L.A. Yes, please. That would be so much fun. It would also just go to show that, like, the world is slowly getting back to normal and better. Yeah, um, I would think so. So if you guys want to meet, Holler at us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, well, that's good news. That's very exciting. I think both of us, we had feel good cues today. So that's very nice. And speaking of feel good, our next guest, she's too happy. I, she I was think. feeling all so- sorts of things. Let me tell you. <laughs> I, when listening to the episode, I was like, oh God, to be 25, I know, newly fresh, out, fresh. just fresh, fresh. Fresh, well, but like honest, first season of a TV show, we have Izzy Wouters. She's fucking awesome. She is on Below Deck. She is freshly out. This is kind of her first, out. first foray into outdom and kind of experiencing that through the lens of just reality TV. Unlike other people who either come out before or after they've been on for a while, they, those two kind of simultaneously happened. But it's nice talking to somebody who's not jaded. Well, she, by- yeah, she's not jaded. That's yet. you said it. I mean, <laughs> it was funny because I think you and I were like, okay, well, guess what? <laughs> it's not she's all like, oh, what I it trust seems. these people. I'm like, mm, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe no, not. I mean, I think she definitely has a bright, fun future ahead of her. I did warn her. Yes, um, she's awesome. A- that it is not all roses with the lesbians. But you know what? I just wish her the best time ever. And she's fun. She's a fun follow, actually, on the internet as well. She is a fun follow. She is, I think she's going to help a lot of people just with her story and coming out and in general being a young person who, she kind of has this like very cool go fuck it attitude. Like, you know, I'm just going to do me. And you find that her relationship with her parents is very open and honest yeah. and, and, and cool. And she's, I think she's going to help a lot of people. So uh, we were lucky to get to talk to her and we hope you guys enjoy it. Well, 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 Elizabeth Cully. Now today, <gasps> My government Liz, name, my government name. Elizabeth Rasmussen Cully. That is your middle name today. <laughs> I love oh. creating little middle names for you. Oh, good. Okay. We have a guest today as, as we have built up who I know before we even get to talking to her that you're going to think that you're so cool because you're half Kiwi. Is that right, Liz? Am I well, reading this right? Well, I was right? going to say you made up my middle name, but my middle name is Croft, which there's lots of Crofts in New Zealand. There's lots of Cullies in New Zealand. 
And yes, I am half Kiwi, very proud. And I, I don't really ever get to talk about the, Well, there's two things I don't really get to talk about, Darren, but I, you know about, which is not only am I half Kiwi, but my whole sailing background, which I don't right. usually get to talk about. And there may or may not be someone on this show that I could talk about. <laughs> well, without further ado, then let me introduce the coolest gal of us three. I can I can actually say we have <laughs> Izzy Wouters on the line right now, and she was Hello. born in in New Zealand, Liz's home country, apparently, and raised in sunny Sydney, Australia. She grew up swimming, sailing, riding horses competitively, casually. While planning to travel Europe, she began working on yachts, and four years later, found herself as a cast member on Bravo's hit. Hit show and one of my favorites, Below Deck. After being in close proximity to her hunky male roommate, <laughs> Izzy soon realized that she was, in fact, very, very gay. Emphasis on the very, very here. <laughs> Having suffered from mental very, health very. and body image issues herself, Izzy hopes to continue to use her platform to advocate for those who are also suffering. Welcome to Scissoring Isn't a Thing, Izzy. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for giving me such a bloody enthusiastic welcome. (laughs) (laughs) So nice. After being at Bravo for now going on 10 years and literally being one of the, like working at the gayest network on television, but being one of the only lesbians in the ether outside of Tabitha Coffee. I thank you for being an out lesbian on Bravo. You know, we have Captain Sandy, but there's very few of us. So thank you so much for being. so few. I know, it's wild. It's kind of like just a small exclusive club. We're the elite. That's what I like to say. We are absolutely (laughs) the elite. Yeah, that's true. The elite. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Izzy, we like to ask our guests at the top of each interview how they prefer to be identified or how they identify themselves. Hashtag she, hashtag her. And your sexuality. Sexuality, I'm very lesbian. <laughs> very lesbian. Okay. I love that it, the very, very, I mean, Darren so beautifully read your bio and your background for us. And she included the very, varies, which I can attest are in the, in the bio. Was it always very, very? Is it just now very, it very? It's not always very, very. I think now that I've come to realize it's become very, very. Like when Got I was it. growing up, I kind of just assumed that I was straight because that's like right. what everyone was. And then I kind of, it's like, I was always very uncomfortable around dudes, like hated being around dudes, hated being touched by them, hated kissing them, just never wanted anything to do with them. But I was like, oh, you know, just like haven't met the right one yet. Like, you know, you read through freaking all these magazines like Cosmopolitan and all like the sealed sections when I was a kid. And I was like, oh, what I like, haven't met the right one. And so then I was quite sheltered growing up as well. And then kind of I went traveling in Europe and I was like okay like I think I'm actually kind of like into girls as well like much preferred kissing girls much preferred being around girls all that kind of thing so I was like must be bi like that's got to be like that's got to be it must be bi and then kind of actually (laughs) Bravo being the gayest network after I had never really been around a lot of gay people so after being around a lot of the production people on Below Deck and seeing how many of them were gay and like, whole, uh, I just, I like, I saw it all happening and like, you know, some of like the crew were dating each other and all that stuff. I was like, holy motherfucking shit. Like this is, this is the club <laughs> I'm meant to be in. And like, just kind of being a bit more like open and exposed to it. And then, yeah, when I got back um, home, we went straight into lockdown, had an existential crisis. Like I'm sure everyone does after going on reality TV and being shoved into a lockdown. I was like, shit, I'm gay. And now I'm having the best time of my life because I'm in New Zealand. There's no COVID lockdowns. And I'm able to explore it. So it's bloody brilliant. <laughs> 
I will also say that I spent a night in Auckland at some really fun gay bars and in very true New Zealand spirit, which Darren, have you been to New Zealand before? I have. I actually lived in Australia for nine months and went to uni there and then traveled to Fiji and New Zealand. So I've spent more time in Aussie, but definitely visited the South Island of New Zealand and was obsessed with it. Okay. Yes. Where in Aussie did you? Where did you uh, live? I lived in Brisbane. So I went to UQ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Listen, I had Byron Bay. All right, Izzy. I had, I had Nimbin. I had Nimbin. <laughs> the Nimbin experience. <laughs> yes. what, what I love about, and so Darren, you definitely know this then, is that yeah. the Kiwis and the Aussies, like everyone is so friendly and fun. Mm-hmm. And my brother and I, it was Christmas Eve, I believe. And we went to a gay bar. We were kind of sticking out like sore thumbs. My brother, one of my brothers is also gay, I should say. So, and we look almost like twins. So we go out. It's a lot of gayness. (laughs) And the bartender was so kind. And he goes, I'm going to take you to the beach tomorrow. Or no, maybe it was a couple days before Christmas. And we were like, really? You don't have to do that. All Aussie keep, they don't care if you're a stranger. They don't give Mm -hmm. a shit. They'll take you out. So I got to go to Piha with all, which is an incredible beach. And we went all the way to Piha, two hours driving through what felt like Jurassic Park with all these queer kids from, from New Zealand. I bet you are having the best time where there's no lockdown with a bunch mm-hmm. of gay people. Are you now like a lesbian mm-hmm. celeb in Gone New Zealand? Or is everyone yeah. going nuts over you <laughs> over there? Well, I don't know. I think people are still like, I think where we're up to, for Below Deck in New Zealand. I've only just got past the rocky stage. So people still probably kind of hate me a bit. <laughs> but no, being on Tinder and kind of Bumble and all of that. And like, it's just been very eye-opening because I never had a hoe phase. And all my friends were like having their hoe phases when they were younger and like getting with guys and all that. And I was like, just don't want it. But now I'm like, yeah, I'm 25. I'm still kind of young. Oh, girl, you and need so- to hoe it So up. I'm like finally able to like go out and like have that hoe phase and like fucking finally like finding that I'm comfortable enough comfortable enough to go out on like dates and stuff like that which I never was it's really good but like it's it's different because like you know dicks are so easy to me they're like lollipops you just like give them a bit of love and a lick and a sight and they're fine they're good but like everyone's vagina is so different like I know how to get myself yeah like I know how to get myself (laughs) off you know, all of that. But then it's just like, you know, it's like a new puzzle to work with. There's so many new puzzles to play with. So it's been, it's been great to be honest with you. It's been really You fun. know, puzzles <laughs> have been popular in the quarantine. Yeah, puzzles are, I'm curious, like, wait, have you exactly. ever had a serious girlfriend at all in your life? Never. Okay, never. so you're, so you're, I've had you're, boyfriends. Right, But I've okay. never had girlfriends. I'm a baby gay. Love it. I'm baby. So you're yeah, a gay-by. so it's all new to me. I'm a gayby. I am a gayby. Yeah, I was speaking to the exec producer of like my below deck show and like we were chatting about it. She's like, you're a baby gay. This is so exciting. And I was like, yeah, but like now it's like all these new things to learn because like having a vagina myself, I know how complicated they are. And yeah, but it's been so fun, but I'm just glad I'm in New Zealand and I'm not like, you know, locked up somewhere and trying to figure all this out about myself and they're not able to do anything with it. Like actually being able to roll with it is real fucking good. Well, let let me ask you this because we rarely get people on who are kind of fresh into this world, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Gabies. We rarely get kind of this. And, (laughs) and I'm curious, you know, as you're about to embark into this, maybe new world of of sorts, what are you most nervous about? 
this journey? Are you, are you, are you wondering what to do on dates with women? Are you wondering who pays for the first date? Like, is there any questions that you're like, I'm so uh, nervous about that you have? I haven't really like thought about stuff like that. Cause I know with like, you know, with guys like expectation, the guy pays, which I think is so patriarchal. So I'm like, I'm hoping that with like girls and I'm assuming that with girls, especially like lesbian girls or even bisexual girls, that it's just different. Like I feel like we're emotionally mature people generally. So we can just both, we can both pay. Generally. I'm going to warn you. Yeah. It's, it's way better than men. (laughs) Darren's Mm -hmm. laughing. It's way better than men, but you don't think the fuckery is you're out of the woods here. There's a lot of fuckery to be had (laughs) with dating women, especially in your early twenties, but yes. Okay. Sorry. Continue. But but I think like now I'm not looking probably at the moment now that I'm just exploring it, I'm not looking for anything too serious. So I'm not like too focused on like, Oh my God, is there like, you know, all these different things. I'm just like, this is fun. I'm like a kid in a toy store, not that yeah. women are toys and, you know, not anyone's like a toy and like a piece of meat, but I, you know, I'm in a toy store and there's just so many funny things to play with, but yeah, it's been, I, I feel like we need to get, we need to have this interview. And then in like six months time when yes. Izzy's yeah. like, then we need to get a temperature check on her then. Cause she's gonna be like, I moved in with someone. I kissed a girl yeah. on the first date, you know, well, this like is it. do lesbian relationships move quicker? Is this a thing? Is it like working on boats where all of a sudden you're living together? Well, ask Darren. Darren is, Darren <laughs> just showed us this year. So Izzy, Darren was in a different, you know, in a long-term relationship, she broke yes. up and now she's dating an incredible woman, Nadine, who we talked about mm-hmm. on the show, who, as you know, we I talked- stalked her on YouTube. She's really oh, okay. Yeah. Well. So yeah, she's, you know, the showrunner <laughs> of Below Deck Med. She's beautiful. <laughs> she's smart. She's funny. I'm giving Nadine all the kudos here. Uh, Darren she went hard in the fucking paint and went, they were friends for a long time. So they had had all this buildup. So these fools really just you hauled it. I mean, they live in mm-hmm. bi-coastal together. <laughs> yeah, and now and now we're on the same coast. So it, it happened really quickly. <laughs> Listen, I think this is the there's you know that joke basically, Izzy. At least this might be this might be, be a strictly American joke, but the joke is, what do lesbians bring on the second date? And the answer is a U-Haul, right? And that's the joke because we move very quickly. But I think one of the reasons that we move very quickly is because of sort of what you hit on before is that. Our EQ, if you want to put it, our emotional quotient is always mm-hmm. generally pretty high. And so when we feel very comfortable with someone, it's easy to be vulnerable really quickly. And that happens very quickly in same-sex relationships. And that's something that women, whether conscious or not, are really looking for. So I think that really plays into it as opposed to like some sort of like lesbians are desperate to get attached or anything oh, like that. No, I think Darren, it, yeah. I, that was, you yeah, know. I think you very, I think that is totally well put, but I think there's also, yeah. and I guess that's why I, you know, gave the unsolicited, uh, not really advice, but commentary that there is fuckery to be had in the Definitely. lesbian world because if they haven't been to therapy, that's going to be fuckery. We love therapy. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> You're talking to two people right here who love it. I'm married to a therapist. I'm I'm a recent like addition to the therapy crowd and like doing it. And holy fuck, it is life changing. I was like, no, you know, like don't really need it. 
but shit, everyone needs a therapist. And the one thing I want in life is to not have to have a child that needs to go to therapy because of me. Well, it's almost impossible, Izzy. It's it's almost, I was just going to say. Therapy is almost created impossible. because we all have parents, right? I mean, and literally. that might be a good segue because, you know, you talked about sort of, you know, you had this platform and kind of came out on this platform and it was nascent. Yeah. It was very early on. It wasn't like, you know, you've been on air for 10 years and now there's this expectation of yeah. you to do that. How did you come out personally? I mean, you talked about your your journey of being like, well, maybe I'm bi. You're like, no, 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 I'm definitely gay. Who was the first person that you said, I am a lesbian? Yeah, two. No, it was my dad. See, I'm very lucky. I've never had an issue or never would have had an issue with coming out. My mom was like, my mom told us growing up, she's like, I want a gay child because I want to go on the proud parents float. So someone's got to fulfill this for me. So she was fucking excited. And then my dad- he was like, all straight men are bastards and, you know, you're making the right decision. And I was like, well, I think you're just saying that because you love pussy. But, like, it's true. Like, I've, I've, I'm, I'm Izzy, yet to have a Izzy, you are a delight, let me tell you. I, I love that you got the co-sign from Kate Chastain, who is also a delight and also just buck wild. And you, my friend. Yeah, Kate are- was like, you and Izzy are going to get along great. And I was like, mm, yeah, okay, I'm seeing this very quickly. Hashtag very no early. Yeah, my yeah, parents, right. yeah, I think my dad sometimes is, like, mortified by things that come out. I think, yeah, growing up, I've always liked to have the shock factor. But I'm like, it's good to be real. And the child of like a nurse and all my family are like nursing professionals. So like there's no topic that's off conversation. Like I heard about, you know, butt plugs being stuck up people's asses when I was like nine years old. Oh, good. So it's fine. This is old hat for you. Exactly. But yeah, no, family were all super supportive. Did you move like quite young to Australia from New Zealand? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we moved when I was, I think I was three and a half or four. But I was like the only kid in my family that was born there. And then as soon as I was old enough to fly alone, I think from like 14, I would go back and forth every year. I've got such a pull to New Zealand. I found New Zealand, and I don't know, Darren, if you would kind of agree, not conservative because definitely they have a female prime minister. Like it's definitely- I I know what you mean. (laughs) Progressive. But I think people have the misconception that have never been to New Zealand that it is like straight up a tiny little island that's primarily- farmland in the middle of nowhere. And so it's actually, there are quite a bit of conservative values there. There And did you Mm -hmm. ever feel like an outsider growing up? Like, were you just kind of sheltered? So yeah. 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 So, I mean, I was like the baby of my family. So I was the one that could, I mean, you might see a bit on below deck as well. I'm the one that can cause shit and then generally won't get in trouble for it. That's generally just how I've grown up. So I was always kind of sheltered by my parents and protected and went to private school for quite a bit. And then, you know, it was so in very conservative places. And it's similar in Sydney. Like Sydney is very free and open, but it is also kind of conservative. It's, there's very, well, I mean, it's kind of interesting because our liberal would be what your Republicans are. There is like quite a lot of conservative views. And my father as well can be kind of conservative in some ways. So, but no, I never really felt like that. I think my grandparents, one of my nanas has probably like had more of a difficult time coming to terms with it. I mean, she always kind of joked around that maybe I was a lesbian because I never had a boyfriend. But I think now she's kind of say that like, if I was to have a girlfriend, she'd be like, oh, well, you've just got like a friend, like a special friend. And I'm like, oh, we'll, yeah. get, we'll get there. But I think she's 85. So I kind of get it different time. But no, I mean, everyone in my family and everyone that we've been surrounded with growing up has been so accepting. So I'm so lucky for that, but I know so many other people haven't had that. 
And I couldn't imagine how hard it is for someone to, you know, feel scared to live their truth or to feel not accepted and to almost have to like leave their family if they wanted to be who they really were. So yeah, I'm really lucky for like that. I haven't had to go through that. Did you get any backlash when you came out like on, on Bravo and like on air, when we did that whole piece about you, you know, saying you're out and proud, like when you did that Instagram, (laughs) did you receive any negativity from anybody? No, no one. I mean, I had some people being like, why did you do it now? Like, I did you wait? Cause you were on reality TV. And that was kind of an interesting thing because obviously all my family and friends had known and that they were the only people that like really knew about me. So it was fine. But then all of a sudden I'm on this like TV show and I'm like, well, if I hide it and say, for example, I'm on Watch What Happens Live and they've got this thing like, oh, do you find like these two boys hot? And I'm like, well, no. Like, is that then something like a conversation I have to have then? Or like, it was it's just different when you kind of thrust into this like, you know, public space. And I, I wasn't really sure how that would be received, but mostly everyone has been like, yeah, really, really super supportive. And I thought it was kind of good as well, because obviously like what you said, and Daryl, like, there's not a lot of lesbian representation on TV. Right. There's Captain Sandy, you know, there's not a lot of people that I saw. So I thought it would probably be good as well, even if you do cop a bit of backlash for people to see someone like them and someone that's kind of just realized it, hasn't always known, and is kind of, you know, younger too. So yeah, it was kind of like this whole thing that kind of happened. And then Courtney, who I'm really close with, who was on Blue Deck as well, she kind of pointed out one day that I'd basically come out in a post. So I was like, and I'd had a little post there for a while and I was like, you know, fuck it. Like, just do it. Yeah. And I did it. And everyone was so fucking like supportive and so nice. And then my inbox went from, you know, straight white men asking for pictures of my feet to lesbians. Okay. Well, that's hey, I it. only I mean, asked you for pictures of your feet like three or four times, Izzy. Okay, <laughs> don't don't shout me out in front of everyone. That's just honestly, embarrassing. I probably still would consider selling pics of my feet just because it's such easy money. But then, like, I'm just not sure how that would be construed. But I mean, girl, feet can be an earn a paycheck the way you want to earn a paycheck. Ain't nothing wrong with taking pics a, of your a feet. A question that yeah. I had, which you kind of just touched on, was you know, I grew up. My dad again from Wellington, New Zealand was a professional sailor. So it was something that was a huge part of my life and still is. I'm a card carrying member of the yacht club, which let me tell you, there's not a lot of, I hate you. We love a sailor. Sailors are the best in bed, all that crap. Thank you. So, um, (laughs) no, but it really, podcasters are better though. That's what I've heard. I've heard (laughs) podcasters are the best. But I think, you know, it was a really you know, maybe you can understand when it is kind of a part of your family and DNA, it actually ends up becoming a huge part of your life. Right. And I've felt my own homophobia and misogyny in the sailing community and seeing it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not really talking about yachting, sailing and yachting are pretty different, but we can lump, Yeah. yeah, they're very different, but we can lump them together for lack of whatever. Did you feel, and it's, Darren mentioned in your bio that you grew up sailing quite a bit. Did you see any lesbian representation? Did you feel the homophobia and misogyny that I've felt over the years or? Yeah. In sailing, I didn't see any female representation, let alone any like lesbian representation. So that's kind of always, I guess, what's driven me as well is trying to put representation for female, just females in general in places that there isn't when I got my first yachting job, it was sailing. It was sailing in the Mediterranean for a flotilla company. And I think out of probably the 45, 50 seasonal crew, two of us were girls. 
so yeah, there is, there isn't a lot and you do get a lot of like the, like the old salt mentality. It's very patriarchal, not a lot of kind of modern day understanding and kind of knowledge of any kind yeah. of general topics about, you know, how to treat a woman or like, you know, even that it's important to have like diversity in your team, you know, a lot of people, I mean, there is still that old sailing saying in sailing that it's bad luck to have a woman on a boat. Right. You know, well, yeah. it's true. I'm, I'm kind of like just piggybacking off of that because like, you know, I look at, I'm never, I'm not a yachty obviously, and I don't understand the subtle nuances, but when I look at a show like below deck, below deck med, right. And it's like, as a general rule, the men are doing the deck hand lift and work and the women are doing the laundry and making the bed and doing the place settings yeah. and this and that. And kind of a chef is up for grabs, uh, you know, here, here or there, yeah. you know, we've had a couple female deck hands for sure. Malia was a bosun last season on below deck med. Yeah. We had Jen who was a lesbian, but one season on below deck med, you transitioned yeah. this season on below deck from being a third stew, right. To being a deck hand. Is that correct? <laughs> <Yeah>. Technically. <Yep. laughs> okay. So, Technically. so you transitioned and it as a gay woman, I mean, do you find it easier to kind of assimilate with the boys in the deck hand yes. world? Then yes. stay with the females yes. cleaning and doing that stuff. And how do yeah. you rearranging the cupboards? Right. <laughs> the galley and the kitchen. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of weird. I've always, I don't know why, but in terms of like friendships, I've always gotten on really well with gay guys. And I never understood that why until now. Um, but boys <laughs> in general, because I've always liked doing more of the, you know, the outside things. Like I grew up a lot in the country. Me and my brother would wrestle and, you know, fish and, you know, all the kind of good stuff. And it's kind of weird and yachting because it's really difficult because I love working on deck because you are kind of, I, mean, I press stuff outside anyway, but because you are like breaking these stereotypes and people are so used to being served. They don't respect the people that serve them and often place it's women who are serving them. Right, right. But when you go outside and they see people like, you know, doing lines and all this stuff and doing like the real physical grunt work, there is a lot of respect there. Like that kind of pisses me off because I think in any hospitality industry, that just because it's like a woman inside, you know, doing serving and doing all these stereotypical women things, there shouldn't be any less respect there. And it also goes to the point that it's like, it's their choice to do that as well. And a lot of people think, oh, it's because it's where they should be. It's like, no, they probably have chosen to do that. Uh, I don't know. It's just, yachting is a very kind of interesting thing when it comes to women and their roles. It's patriarchal. It is. Like, and you don't want to bash it in any way, but it is, it is very patriarchal and very hierarchical well yeah I was gonna say actually I think more hierarchical right because yeah and yeah. I think like with me going outside I didn't go outside because like you know I thought doing women's work was any less than like shit being a, honestly probably being a stew on a super yacht is harder than being a deckhand like the deckhands we get away with a lot more shit we probably get more rest time it's more physical work but we're not always like frontline and center whereas the stews are so yeah I didn't you know not do it because I just, I stopped doing it because I was shit basically. Um, and I saw an opportunity to go outside and I was like, yeah, but yeah, yachting is a very interesting thing. And I have experienced like, uh, I did leave a boat before I went into below deck because I experienced massive misogyny after being outside. It was like bullying and harassment and constant berating and things like that. And not always like that, but it is still very prevalent. 
Did you experience that with your other deckhands or with the charter guests who were coming on? No. So it was a private boat. So my owner was lovely and his, like, his wife was lovely. They were great. But it was the chief officer and the captain who were the top ones. They didn't think it was a woman's place to be outside. So they didn't think that, like they said, oh, you're not smart enough to be trained in this. You know, this is a, this is a man's job. This is, yeah. And then, you know, like in like instances with in the morning, you know, at times everyone gets up when I, I was a deck stew. So when I was outside and helping, I would consistently be going to bed last and then getting up first and just shit like that. So I think yachting is a kind of a weird industry because it is not really bound to more like societal laws almost. It's like a law unto itself kind of thing. So it's, um, it's a very tricky industry sometimes to navigate being a female, let alone being a lesbian female. But I was very lucky this season like having Lee and Eddie and like my entire team. I was hashtag blessed, basically. I love the hashtags. You are a walking (laughs) hashtag. I love it. Who, what would your, if you could pick only one hashtag, what would it be? Sorry, Darren, because I know you have a really good question coming up. Yeah, yeah. Mm, uh, Hashtag very lesbian. Mm, Yeah. Okay, Okay. because you you hashtag hashtag lanky lesbian and I want to know how tall do you have to be to be a lanky lesbian? I'm 5'7". Am I a lanky lesbian? Like, does that I think it's all on how your body is proportioned. Like, Mm. I have a really odd-looking body. Like, long torso, (laughs) long limbs, long arms. Sounds like perfect. It sounds good to me. (laughs) One of my producers would call me like a, she would like, like a baby giraffe. And I literally am. Like I went and Googled that and I am the size of a baby giraffe when it comes out of its mother. Oh my um, God. <laughs> Learning to walk. how you're proportioned. Yeah. I'm yeah. literally, I'm so <laughs> clumsy as well. Like sometimes I don't know what to do with my limbs. I constantly like knock things over and hurt myself. But I think like in terms of lanky, if you're like, yeah, five, seven, I feel like it's a cuddle. Okay. So I'm, I, I yeah. can't, I can't. Yeah. Hi guys. I'm Heather Thompson host of In My Heart podcast. In My Heart started with the concept of conversations with friends, experts, learning more, encouraging independent thinking, and digging deeper into topics to inspire new perspectives. My vision and mantra for life is finding my freedoms and following what drives my light, energy, and happiness and allows me to shine. I really want that for you too. Please join me each week as I speak to old friends and new about all of the things in my heart, our experiences, and how we find our freedoms together. New episodes come out weekly, every Tuesday, wherever you stream your podcasts. See you then. Dealing with what we were talking about in terms of just like gender roles, sex roles on a yacht uh, Mm -hmm. and dealing with that, part of being a yachty, which is I'm assuming what attracted you to the profession in the first place, is getting to travel all over the world. And with that, you get to see gorgeous places. But with that also comes different religions, different cultures, Mm -hmm. different this, different that, maybe different attitudes towards sexuality. And so how do you navigate that? I mean, is your sexuality part of your job at all? If there's a charter guest who's a guy and he's hitting on you, what's the obligation for you to be- To flirt back. Either to flirt back or to say like, thanks, but no thanks, I'm gay. Are you worried about any repercussions if you're, you know, if you're in Turkey or something? Like, I don't know wherever you'd be. So walk us through that. Well, that's very interesting. And it's kind of only something that I've like really thought about as now that I've come out. Because like I've always had this fascination 
to go and work on boats kind of in the Middle East and travel there. But I'm very aware that in a lot of Middle Eastern countries, like especially in the UAE, where a lot of the yachts are based, very illegal to be gay. Yeah. So it does kind of take that, I guess, opportunity or you, you can't, you have to be safe and you can't really do that. So you would have to stick more to like your Caribbean kind of charters or your Mediterranean charters. You probably wouldn't want to work on a boat that was owned by people who or charted regularly by people that don't see your sexuality as something that you deserve to live for, basically, in some instances. So it's really tricky because, I mean, you can't always control who comes on your boat as well, especially in yachting. If people flirt with you, there is the expectation to flirt back or to at least put up with it. So I think, yeah. More from like a customer service perspective, right? Exactly. I mean, I've worked in hotels before and, you know, worked on yachts before and they're like, they basically say that if the customer flirts with you or the charter guest flirts with you, you have to flirt back because you want to give them this experience. You want to make them feel comfortable. Like that's your job. But, you know, just because it's your job, it doesn't necessarily mean that it, you agree with it or that it's actually like okay or it's, you know, a, a decent thing to do. So it is kind of really tricky. But yeah, I have definitely had to rethink working on kind of boats, even Russian boats, because again, home, like, you know, being gay, yeah. and gay in Russia is illegal. And a lot of the big boats are owned by Russians. And like, you don't want to sound racist when you're saying that, but it's kind of like for your safety, you can't, it is something you have to think about. So yeah, it is kind of a difficult thing to navigate. I mean, I probably going and working on a boat wouldn't disclose even probably that I was like a lesbian until I felt comfortable within the crew. And I knew that like they would be okay with it because I mean, but I guess if you did before, you might not even get onto a boat if you disclose that. So maybe it would save you that. It's kind of difficult. And that's like that. I think a lot of people, I guess now, you know, that are straight, they don't really have to think about things like that. It's like a lot of men don't really have to think about walking down the street alone at night because it's, you know, it's not in their like trajectory, but just as a follow-up, um, and we're gonna we're gonna get to a really fun game. It won't be so heavy all the time. But just as a follow-up, do you think <laughs> that it's easier in general? And this might just be too basic of a question, but to be a gay woman in the yachting industry or to be a gay man in the yachting industry? Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. I would actually probably say being a gay woman, and I say this from a very patriarchal perspective that I'm thinking from the guys, is because a lot of guys think like a lesbian girl's hot because they love seeing girl on girl. Right. So it's different. But whereas if you're a gay guy, then and I think as well, probably a lot of women would be more, maybe more tolerant towards it in some ways. But if you're a gay guy, if you're working interior, I've seen it before, gay students on the interior, but I think you do open yourself up to a lot more shit because it is still such a masculine patriarchal industry and it is run by men. Basically, you can't deny it's run by men. You open yourself up to a lot more shit and a lot more prejudice because these men that are running the industry have this expectation of what a man should be. Right. Well, I, I you know, I think it takes people like you, Izzy, to come out and to show that, you know, you're, yeah. it, whether you're a lesbian third stew or a lesbian bosun, yeah. like you can yeah. do the fucking job regardless of your sexuality. So I thank you for exactly. sort of, you know, taking that vulnerable leap in such a patriarchal, misogynistic job, let alone yeah. world. So Liz and I both thank you for that. Um, and don't rule out there are, I mean, who knows what will happen with COVID, but there are, many a lesbian crews out there let me tell you oh, yeah, so you never know and there are a lot of rich rich ass lesbians who have boats i may or may not have been on one or two of them in my past which <laughs> i cannot disclose on this podcast but i 
predict that maybe you, Kate, Captain Sandy, some rich ass lesbian's gonna hire y'all to have an all female crew on a. That would be lit. On an yeah, yeah that would be really lit. Darren yeah, and I would just I like pop just on. Lit. I've been watching too much TikTok while I've been sick. I refuse to ever watch TikTok, and now I've just been watching it. And I've just okay, good TikTok Ugh. star. Here she goes. Mm-mm. No. Yeah. <laughs> So I was so against TikTok, but I can I can understand how people get addicted to watching it. I'm so ashamed of myself. You know, you're you're at an okay age where it's okay to be watching TikTok. Like yeah. Liz has no excuse. To, she is she's ancient. I'm not on t- I don't have a she's TikTok. Old. I have Reels though. Reels. Uh, it's Reels basically TikTok for Instagram, Liz. You're not helping okay, your case fine. here. But fine. it's Izzy. It's okay if you're in your 20s. You can be on TikTok. Let's get to the game, Liz. Why don't you explain to me this? Okay, great. So it's called Scissor This, which got to okay. give credit where credit's due. Mm-hmm. Darren named the game where we basically <laughs> just ask you rapid fire, like silly, ridiculous questions. All right. What is worse, Izzy? Letting the laundry on the yacht build up for one day or having terrible weather and all the charter guests have to stay on the boat? Oh, terrible weather. By far. Oh, by far. You don't want your guests on the boat. You want your guests off the boat. You don't want to be near guests. <laughs> okay. 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 She keeps it real, ladies and gents. She keeps it real. Okay. Yeah. Fuck, Mary, kill. Ruby Rose, Lucy Lawless, or Lord? Oh, shit. <laughs> Probably Mary Lord because she's a Kiwi. Fuck Ruby Rose because she seems really badass. And kill the other one because I don't know who she is. Lucy Lawless, Xena War- Warrior Princess, one of the oh, most famous okay, yeah. New Zealand oh, shit, actresses. Yeah. She'll oh, throw shit. your ass um, around. Yeah. <laughs> Let me. T- that sounds kind of fun. Can I fuck her and Ruby Rose? Yes, yes. fine. You're yeah, young. That's good. You, that's you, good. You, you, you're embarking on your hoe phase. You can fuck them all. Go ahead. <laughs> Would you rather have an obliterated, beyond drunk as a skunk charter guest or a terribly mean charter guest? Oh, the drunk one. Because like if they're drunk enough, they can go to bed. But if they're mean, yeah, if they're mean, then they'll probably make me cry because I'm kind of sensitive sometimes. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Uh, what's an underrated charter meal? Probably like, actually I'm a burger fan. So probably a really good burger. On one of my last boats, the chef made a burger of like Wagyu beef and like all this fancy shit I'd never heard of. And I, and it was a, he had like one left. And so we tried it as a crew and it was the most amazing fucking mouth experience I've had in my entire life. So probably mm, a really But good you've burger. got a lot of puzzles to do you, in the you quarantine. You've got a lot of lesbian so. uh, things to, to do, Izzy. I so may not be your last. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Most overrated. <laughs> mouth now. Most overrated charter meal. Like something you see a oh, million yeah. times that everyone fucking asks for. And it's like, why are you keeping asking for this like fucking cordon bleu, whatever the fuck? Probably like caviar and like foie gras. Like foie mm. gras is just mean, but caviar just, I don't, I get, I don't get it. I've tried it. It's salty. It's kind of gross. Like it's weird consistency. Just, I don't understand. Fair enough. <laughs> don't like it. Okay. What's your favorite nautical knot or trusty? Or what do you uh, find learned, the most trusty? I learned one when I was working on a flotilla just after we'd had like this kind of weird, almost orgy experience and it's called a sheep shank. Um, and it's how you tie um, handcuffs. So that would be my favorite one. Very you are going to be fine with- in the lesbian world, Izzy. You are going to be fine? All right. Last one for me. Would you rather wear a skort the rest of your life or always have stains on your clothes? Oh, skort. I love skorts. Oh. 
don't ask me why there's just something about like, you know, you get like the cuteness of a skirt, but you get like the practicality of your vagina not being shown to everyone. You <laughs> So I love it. I would love to wear a skirt. I love this. I Warm actually want to start up tennis just so I can wear a skirt. Well, given that you're in New Zealand and if you travel back over to Australia, Renee Stubbs, who was a guest on our show, friend of Darren and mine, mm-hmm. professional lesbian tennis star, you should hit <sighs> her up. She is a lot of fucking fun. Let me tell you. Tennis lessons and a skirt. Yeah, absolutely. Izzy, it was a it was a pleasure to have you on. <laughs> this is it before. Speak to me in six months time when I've had like some more experience and then it'll be, it might be completely different. You're going to be like, I hate women. Yeah, my youthful exuberance and enthusiasm will be gone. No, no, you're on the like 200 puzzle piece now. I'm looking for the like thousand plus puzzle piece. (laughs) Right, Uh, like a monochromatic (laughs) puzzle. You will get there in six months time for sure. Mm -hmm. I'll probably be shacked up. I would have understood why I'm going to be getting a toaster oven. I'll be dressed in plaid, like all those stereotypical lesbians. Do you need your tool belt? Liz and I will send you one, of course. You need a pair of scissors. I don't have one. So I've already got a tool belt. There you go. See, there okay. you go. Now, Izzy, where can people find you when they want to send you uh, boob pics or get your feet pics uh, DMing? Where can people find you? If you're going to DM me, probably DM me on, on Instagram because I try and get back to everyone that I get on there. Um, or you, can, if you you know want to be financially dominated, DM me on Cameo because you have to pay for that. Um, and I can send you a little video as well. I'm all up for some financial domination. Um, and I'm also on Twitter too. Sometimes a findom. Yes. I love a findom. Yeah. Love a findom. Yes. Someone asked me to financially dominate them on Cameo the other day, and I was like, "This is a thing." So yeah. And you say you yes. Know. You say yes. Yeah, I will. I said yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I upped my DM price and kept them DMing me. Oh my god, I'm obsessed. I, I love Izzy. I love Izzy. I love Izzy too. Yeah, yeah. Kate was correct. Kate was correct. <laughs> if you want Darren and I to findom you, we are available. Happy um, to. Happy, Happy to, to available at, and free. Yes. At SIAT Place. podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can ask Darren to findom you at Carpe <laughs> Darren um, and me listen to Liz. I would love to findom all y'all. So <laughs> it's our dream profession. So please hit very us up. Very open to being findom. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, to findoming. Very open to findom. Yeah, yes. Very, very, <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. We're learning stuff, <laughs> new stuff every day. Izzy, thank you so much for joining us on Scissoring Isn't a Thing. You're awesome. Thank you for having me. Of course. Can't wait to see more of you. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Izzy. Scissoring Isn't a Thing is a production of Embassy Row. Our executive producer is Sarni Rogers. This episode was produced by Alexa Machia and Anna Marie Johnson. The show is edited by Maureen Begas. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SIAT Podcast. See you next Tuesday. <laughs>